Welcome to the Grind Dead Podcast. My name is Grind Jim, coming at you here. Uh, if you're listening to this after the fact, you missed one of the biggest fuck-ups I'll ever have on this show. I forgot to start recording. So, as it is, I've got Janzer247 here with me. We're here to talk about Star Wars Battlefront 2. And um, let's start by talking about what actually happened. Star Wars Battlefront 2 came out last week. Um, too much fanfare, both positive and negative. And the one thing you have not heard about the game, I can almost guarantee, is that it's bad. The game itself is amazing. The gameplay is fluid. The netcode works. It's not janky. The campaign is well done. It's great. There's just one minor problem you may have heard about. It's got microtransactions. Dun, dun, dun. Every EA game does. Um, and it's becoming all too prevalent uh, in the gaming culture right now. The problem is that depending on how you do it, it can be perceived as gambling. It can be perceived as pay to win. It could actually be pay to win. Um, and everything in between. Like, there's a lot of different opinions on that matter. And the problem that people originally had was that in the preview versions of the game, people were estimating it was going to take something like 40 to 80 hours of PvP play to unlock characters. Uh, hero characters in the game. So, I believe in rewarding progress. I believe in having a progression system. Uh, but I agree that 40 hours straight of PvP for one character is too much. It's too damn high. All right. Um, so, the community rightfully stepped up and said, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's, that's too much. And they immediately, and by immediately, I mean within 24 hours, okay, while it was still in a, a, a um, before the official release date, I might add, okay, because a lot of people at pre-ordered got you access early. So before the actual official release date, they lowered the player investment by 75% to get those characters, which I thought was a really class move. Um, and then people started digging deeper because they wanted to fucking poke that hog. They wanted to find more shit that was wrong, and they did. Um, and I'm not saying for a second that I am condoning the microtransaction practices set forth by EA in this particular case whatsoever. Let's make that very clear. In as much as I'm not advocating the way in which it's being done, we can and will talk about why microtransactions do have a place in gaming and DLC paid for and otherwise has a place in gaming. It's all about how you do it. Um, but the way it was, uh, it was done here I would say universally, it was just executed poorly, and it, people were right to be upset. But there's a limit on how upset you should be getting. Um, so let's talk about that. So this all erupted, and people were losing their shit. What's your perspective on this, Jancer? Like, what when you saw this start to erupt? What was your point of view? Like, what did you see happen? I actually did not pay attention to the eruption because it's the internet. <laughs> fair it's fair and there's always there's always you know not to plug but i'm gonna plug the b3 gaming cast did it for yeah. over 70 episodes and during that time all my research and yes i'm gonna say research because that's exactly what it was yeah um into gaming in general gaming culture the, the industry how business practices are run things like that there's always some kind of incident or some kind of thing to get up in arms about from the gaming community about yeah. how the evil developers you know they 
most of the time forget that publishers are at the forefront of when you know how games are sold but regardless right. the evil developers with their you know they're trying to just get us to hate them you know they're getting they're trying to get us to quit playing their game that's what the developer's job is people right. gamers actually think that it's about we got to make a good game no 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 developers only want people to quit playing their game and they don't want to make any money in any way shape or form so uh, that, that that's sarcasm that's sarcasm, sarcasm aside sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. yeah i'm heavy on the sarcasm i'm yeah. sorry for people that don't know and if you're right. not familiar with the English language. Um, <laughs> more sarcasm. More sarca hey, we, you never know who's listening. You know, it's that's like, true. this is good. Well, yeah, in whatever language you're thinking. Right? But that's um, the thing. I, I, that's one thing I think we have to establish really early on is that yeah. you have to understand and accept that software development and publication is at its forefront in the AAA environment, especially a business. Correct. It is a business based on artistic expression. It is a business based upon uh, entertainment, and it can be moving, and it can be poignant, and it can move, you know, can and make you feel emotions, and it can uh, bring people together. It can create communities and everything in between. But without the cash flow in a free enterprise society, those things will not be there. Now, I don't say that to say that that justifies what they've done. But we have to understand that the cash flow has got to be there to move things forward. Right. You know, and since I'm, I was an asshole and I brought it up, let's go to that point that you've heard me make probably several dozen times at this point in my career. The price of, of, of the retail game has not gone up in over 20 years at $60 US. Uh, the cost of development, marketing, and sustaining uh, games as a service has you know, gone up exponentially during that time. Um, you need more people. It takes more time. It's, you have more competition. You have to put more resources into making it, getting it out there, and getting it into people's hands. Yet the price hasn't changed and, inf and not adjusted for inflation either. So it, technically, the game costs less now than it once did. You know, uh, so by that logic, where the fuck are you supposed to make your money? That's where DLC originally came in. I remember the first instance of paid DLC, and it actually came on a disc. That was the Halo 2 map pack, and I thought it was a brilliant idea. Because, like, wow, this game is going to have more life now, and I fucking loved it. And it wasn't long before, um, you know... Um, this became a, a common practice as internet um, speeds went you know, where they've gone. They're higher, it's easier to, to deliver that stuff, so forth. Um, and, and from chat, Ben Fiasco brings up an excellent point. Games sell more overall now, they don't have to increase the price point. I think that yeah. the lack of needing to increase the price point is somewhat debatable. Um, if you want to take away paid DLC or certain kinds of tr microtransactions, okay? And by that I mean the, the good ones. Um, these salaries uh, for programmers is a, is a whole different subject, which I'm going to let you talk about now. So, the link is broken. You broke the link. Well, apparently that had a freaking comma in it. What the fuck, glass door? Get your I shit still together. Have, I, still, I still have the one that you sent me here. Boom. Yeah, but you can um, see how it's doing that. Yeah. People, you, you just you know how to copy-paste. Just copy and paste that if you're in copy chat right now. Yeah. I'm not sure what 
platforms you're going to put this out on if you do audio only like SoundCloud. But if you do, for people that are just only listening in audio, if you go to Glassdoor and you just look up game programmer, game developer, any of that, rather than speculate like a crazy person, why don't, you know, I'm 40 years old. I've been in the industry of, of development, web, web development specifically and coding and production. Like my background includes starting out with graphic design. So I have a mm -hmm. BFA in graphic design. And then I worked at a company that did large, um, large print production for, uh, actually a lot of our clients were government clients. So there's a lot of money and there's millions of dollars in these trade shows is what they are. And then we're talking about like a company, a small company trying to sell a drone, for example, you know, to the military. So there's, I was, I was, I was part of that, like, industry that's a business you know and there's so yeah. much money to be thrown around um and then i went into web development because i wanted to get some coding under me and i've mm -hmm. been in web development since that <clears throat> i've run um i've run teams of developers i've hired i've trained i've been flown around the country to train our clients on how to use our systems um i've seen a lot <laughs> you know some of the biggest clients i've worked for were like uh, cancer treatment centers of america for example right. um some of the smallest clients that I've worked for are like the local veterinarian. So I've, you know, the entire range, I've, right. I'm not saying I'm the best at what's going on, but that's my actual experience. So when we start like speculating as gamers, you know, and I've been in a gamer since time out of mind, right? Everybody says that now, but it's fucking true. Um, gamers and gamer culture. I was talking to Jim about the other day. We tend to, because it's so liberating in a sense, Mm -hmm. where you can just kind of be yourself and everybody is like, hey, you were kind of inclusive and we're kind of not. We like to divide, but we like to cherry pick how we divide that kind of stuff, you know? Um, we we tend to, um, yeah, I see a little buffering, um, Volta's saying. Yeah, there is. I see a little on my end. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. But okay, I'm still recording, so, so we're going to keep going. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, we tend to get a little... Um, Immature is really what it comes down to, because that's the realm of when you remove your own restrictions from yourself, other than getting really drunk, right? Um, <laughs> so right. when you remove your inhibitions, and especially when you're kind of nameless and faceless, now we've got names and faces. My name's not really visible to a lot of people unless I give it to them directly. You can call me Jans or otherwise. But um, yeah, you know, when, when you have a buffer between, speaking of buffering, between uh, <laughs> yourself, and the the public, you you are more freed to kind of act without consequence, and that's what tends to go on with um, gaming culture. Is they will be you'll hear. Uh, I mean, for that seventy episodes that we did the B three gaming cast, I read too many instances of death threats to developers, yep. things being sent to developers that were just inappropriate at the least and offensively horrible at the most, you know? Um, people, the whole practice of doxing, you know, because mm -hmm. they want to threaten them by saying, we know where you're at, right. um, various things, right? That type of thing can only happen when people feel like they're free of, you know, consequence. At the lowest level, it's something like, fuck this company, I'm never gonna buy anything from them uh, fucking again, and no one ever should, and I'm gonna go on Twitter and go on a rant about how I think that everything that this company does is horrible. Um, that's a personal opinion, though. 
um, backed up by what what do they refer to as uh, anecdotal evidence, meaning it's their own experience that they're specifically talking about, mm -hmm. and they haven't aggregated um, any historical data to actually you know point back to to say, okay, is is for in this specific example, are microtransactions actually horrible? Is paid DLC actually a horrible business practice? Other than the feeling of it. <laughs> right because right. we're at gamer culture and we feel a lot of things why do we buy games you know a mm. lot of the time we buy games because it's an emotional purchase i don't i don't i mean i'm sure there are some other reasons why you know but most of the time it's just because we're trying to have fun right right we're trying to waste a bit of time um and we want to do it in a fun way it's a hobby uh we want to use it we've we've since gaming has come about um, we have found that there are very positive properties to gaming, such as community growth, right? Mm -hmm. You connect with people that are like-minded, et cetera, um, where you were maybe unable to back in the 80s. <laughs> Unless it was like your cousin <laughs> or your right. friends at school, you know? It was, now you can get online and I'm talking to Jim, fuck he is, and you know, and I'm where I'm at. And I talk to people in Canada and I talk to people in like Barbados and I talk to people in the UK and, you know, all over the world. So gaming is great in some ways. Gaming culture is great in some ways. And in other ways, the, the, the ways where they tend to forget that there are human beings that are, are creating these things for us yes. to waste our time, to enjoy our, our spent time, and to have to these create relationships with people. Exactly. Yeah, but absolutely. I, I want to I interject that the, I, I think... The reason I would bring up that point, and I feel the reason you're bringing up that point, is to separate the difference between developer and publisher. Okay, you it is possible to support a developer and not a publisher. Um, and more to, to put the point, not, correct, right? And to put not too fine a point on it, the overarching umbrella under which my points are being made are that um, I'm not buying any of the microtransactions in Star Wars Battlefront Two. Period. No matter how they fix them. Because I'm voting with my wallet in that respect. I bought the game because I just support the developer. I support the ideas behind the artistic creation. I think the gameplay is excellent. Um, and the fact is, if this game fails, DICE will not get another shot at this. Um, I think they deserve to continue making these games because they're doing a very good job at it. Um, they could be a hell of a lot worse in terms of gameplay. But EA needs to be held to task when it comes to their business practices that they impose on their developers. That's right. why Disney stepped in this week um, and said, fucking, you better do something or you're losing your license. That's exactly, you know, reports are saying now that Disney is like, hey, you need to fucking make this shit happen or else we're cutting ties with you because yeah. they're worried about damaging the IP as a, a whole, the intellectual property of Star Wars in the public eye. And it's a very real concern and it's a valid one. You know, and the concerns that people have in, in the gaming public are valid too. It's all a matter of, to me, this is this discussion is about perspective. It's not yes. judging whether or not um, this is a, a valid concern to have. It's about perspective of that concern, and that's all. Um, question from or a comment from chat from Bennett: The damage is already done by making the purchase. You've already supported the bad decisions that were made. How do we hold them to task by buying the game? We hold them the task by specifically targeting the, the practice. If, if you buy the game but don't support the microtransactions, it sends the message that we made the right game, but we're trying to support it in the wrong way. Correct. 
And those metrics show if you don't buy the game, it sends the message that perhaps they'll say, well, maybe we did this something wrong with the microtransaction, but clearly people didn't respond to the game itself. So we're not going to let DICE do this. We're not going to do Battlefront and we're going to cancel this project. And if it's bad enough to kind of throw the blame off, they might close down DICE as a developer who, although not... um, not completely innocent in this because they still had to put the programming in to make those tra- microtransactions happen, but they and were that's probably where contract- I can help out with that thought. Go for it, yeah. Um, first off, I want to say to anybody listening, watching, whatever, right now, Jim and I did not confer about this before the this cast. I right. saw a tweet and I was like, "That'd make a good podcast." <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I like podcasting. Um, and uh, we I think he said something like, hey, I've got this one thing that I want to say. And I was like, yeah, I've got this one other thing. That was the end of the discussion. Yep. I was like, all right, so when do you want to do this? That was it. So I'm not like in total agreement with Jim. Jim right. and I are not always in agreement about things, but that's kind of how people are. Fuck you. Yes, fun. we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so sorry, I'm not... I'm not not to give anybody the idea that he brought me on as a, like a an agreement kind of person to help support his ideas or anything like that, because uh, anybody that knows me knows that that's not how I function. Um, if something sounds correct to me, I will say yes, and then I'll give examples of why. Um, now, I when I ran podcasts, I never really tried to um, take questions from the chat, only because I found that that broke the flow of my concentration of what I was trying to get across. But since we're doing it this way, I have no problem answering these questions at all. Um, how do you hold them to task for buying the game? Jim is absolutely, I absolutely agree with Jim 100%. You buy the game, you do not support the practice. And on the other the other side of it is, yes, the the, the developers put in the microtransactions because let me tell you this from fucking experience of running hundreds, literally, I can't even count how many projects I've done because I've had over a hundred clients easily in the past six years, but hundreds and hundreds of projects. Whoever is funding the project, not the gamers, they basically come in and fill in the money to a certain point of what it costs. You have to have people with money to say, go ahead, we're going to fund this. Okay. Investing. Yeah. That's usually the pub- publisher, the public. That's why right. developers break away from publishers. So they don't have to have that restriction of like, you need to stay within our guidelines. Think about right. the movie industry. Same fucking thing. You need mm-hmm. investors, right? So whoever is funding, you know, is that old saying in art, follow the money. Why was a certain art piece done? Find out who paid for it. There you yep. go. And if you took yep. any art history, you would know that. And if you didn't take art history, now you know. So, but that kind of goes for a lot of different things too. The developers do a job. And if they have to put that in there, they have to put it in there. Now, that's not saying that developers are saints. Guarantee yep. they're not. Because Definitely guess what? Not. They're fucking human. So, yes, there might have been a creative director or maybe the the head of that company, you know, of the development company saying, we right. need to make sure that we put, you know, microtransactions in there. But I, I can, you know, I can guarantee there's probably a lot more developers out there that are like, no, we don't want to do that. You know why? Because I've worked with a lot of developers. And, yes, it is web-based related applications and all that. And so it's not video games. Where do yeah. you think, what do you think people hate on the web? Ads. Yeah. And what do you think I've had to fight against myself? Like pop-up ads, 
whenever we've had a client that says, oh, I'm going to do an, an interstitial here for this like specific interstitial is when you're, let's say you have an ad on one thing and then it's an inter it's in between your content and another. So if you're looking at an article and you scroll down, there's a pop-up video that comes up. Huh? I've had to do those F fucking shoot me. Right. I'm a horrible mm -hmm. person. Guess what? Not my idea. And I fought against this as much as I could, but what am I going to do at the end of the day? Who's paying my bills? You know, is my content still getting out there? Yes. Do I have to say, do I have to let my ego go in order to get paid? I do. I can't always stand by principle, you know, and anyone in creative industry understands that. Yes, you can stand by principle all you want. And you might be that dead guy that people find out about 10 years after you're dead. <laughs> but what right. I'm saying, you got to live, you know, that doesn't mean sell your fucking soul. Right. But you find a balance, you know, keep your integrity. But at the same time, you got to make sure that you can put food on the table. And um, it's hard. Another thing that people need to know for the past year, I've been running my own business. So not only have I been in the industry, I've worked for corporations, I've worked for small shops, but I'm doing it myself. And it's a lot fucking harder earning money for yourself when you don't have anyone handing it to handing you jobs. Right, because you, you, <laughs> so, you, you don't just sit there, do the work, and then they hand you, you the next You can't always be order. picky. Exactly. Now, that, that, again, and I want to reiterate your point that we are not saying that Dice is innocent 100%. We're we don't not, know that. We, Correct. We don't know that for sure. But at the same time, um, it is very clear if you look at EA's track record that this is a trend with this particular publisher and their design to have games as a service. Um, Correct. So, so with that in mind, I, I tried my I try my best, and I may not be succeeding in this, but to pull back and go, okay, what is the overarching problem here? Another thing to consider is that um, the the first Battlefront had a lot of failures, most of them gameplay related. The augment system they had, which were, was also card based, was janky. It didn't quite work, and on top of that, they had paid DLC. Um, and for that type of game, the mass appeal it was going to have, it didn't land. So they said, all right, all the maps, all the DLC is going to be free, which was a smart move. But then, of course, your publisher comes in and your developer, of course, because they got to make money too, all right, and says, well, how do we supplement that? Well, we can do microtransactions. Well, who, well, look at Overwatch. They have loot crates and, uh, and so forth. Right. Now, granted, and, and I know that Bennett has made this point in the past, uh, I don't mean to take words out of his mouth. If I misquote, please say so. But you're taking a AAA game that is funded, and because of the nature of the microtransactions, meaning that you can buy things in the game that will affect gameplay directly. They're not only cosmetic, and that's the big point here. A point of contention. Yeah. And it's a sure. fair point. I am not going to back down that that is somehow forgivable in any sense. It's not. You either have a free-to-play model, which can have pay-to-win, or you have a funded game that has com cosmetic microtransactions. I 100% agree with that, and that's the number one reason I'm not going to participate in the microtransactions. Okay, um, but that's probably the philosophy where it came from. And as far as well, we're not making money anywhere else here. We have to do something. And right. in the most basic sense, in purest concept like having microtransactions by itself is not the evil it's the way it's being implemented necessarily um uh from chat microtransactions are one thing as long as they're cosmetic we can't let free market work it's magic i 
agree. Uh, sort of for design, pretty cosmetic radical transactions, letting the market do its things not an option when it's, when that's the case. I agree. And that was kind of the point I was making. I saw my, the word microtransactions, did not read the rest of your comment until I made my point, but we're, we're definitely there. Number two, breakdown of the issues are clear. Microtransactions in Star Wars Battlefront 2 are so, not solely cosmetic. Loot crates for money with functional items is, is, is gambling, and that is never okay. And time-locking earnings in games is simply lazy design, toxic gaming industry. I do not disagree at all with that. Real I will quick. unequivocally say that. Go ahead. PUBG. Cool. Anybody? Anybody? Back the fuck off. If you own CSGO. that game, if you CSGO. own Overwatch, if you, I don't give a fuck if you're saying it's cosmetics or not, because when people try to like have this halo above their head about like, oh, well, all it's doing is pick, uh, cherry picking, you know? Um, I don't mind if people cherry pick. Just make sure that you know how dirty your ass is, all right? Just, just, just be out still, there and because it, yeah. it's still gambling. It's it's still gambling at that point. That's it, right. I, I would argue it's still gambling. It's a different kind of gambling, and definitely one that has less negative impact, depending upon your point of view. Okay, because you're it's looking a perspective at thing, if we're, right. If we're talking about the 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 integrity of game design and games as an interactive art form. Okay. There is less of a negative impact from a purely cosmetic microtransaction system than one that actually affects gameplay. I'm not certain mm-hmm. that one could argue against that. Okay, and I don't think that that's the, any of the points we're trying to make here. Um, w- w- would you agree with that, Jancer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would say to a point though, because see, free to play. I'll tell you what, free to play community. They also don't want pay to win. I mean, yeah. I, I I played Warframe for three years. Yeah, straight, straight, yeah. every fucking day, every day. I was I was one of the first seven official channels that uh, from the developer of Digital Extremes, and mm-hmm. I can guarantee that that community did not want free to play. I mean, they did not want pay to win. It was a huge contention, and everything they did, like everything that the, that community said, was like against anyone trying to say that it was a pay to win uh, game. On the other hand, there was pay to skip, <laughs> you know, right. pay to skip time. Yeah. Um, so that becomes one of those like. How do we make money off of this? It's all it's coming down to. That's all it's coming down to. And everything is about um, looking at analytics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if a company does sell, uh, let's say, the game, and it has a set of microtransactions that is only cosmetics, and it has another set that is loot boxes as well, guess what? They know what you're buying. Right. So analytics proves every time. And this is a guy that does analytics. I do fucking, I have to do analytics. They know down to the nth degree what is working and what isn't. So right. yes, if you buy the game, you are supporting the developer and the publisher. If you buy the game and you participate in loot crate stuff, you are absolutely doing the thing that you would not want to do, right? Unless you don't give a shit. Some people don't care. Right. Some people are like, this is my life. I love this. I love gambling, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so, and on the other hand, if you buy the game and you participate in the cosmetic option, Destiny Two has cosmetics, you know. Dude, I, I had to kind of yeah. Fucking, there's brown. I, I, my, I am. There's blood on my hands right. and shit on my shirt when it comes to Destiny Two. But those are cosmetic. And exactly. Exactly. It's a totally there is different one thing. thing that I know in Destiny Two that helps you to kind of skip the game, and that is the coins, the tokens. Yeah. Those are very restricted, though, to public events, yep. strikes, and crucible, from what I recall. Not to mention the fact that you, just like with everything else, I, again, I, I feel that Bungie does 
a slightly better job and that it makes it much easier to get this stuff without paying a nickel. Uh, because, I mean, even this weekend, they have a double XP event going on right now, which is how you earn the Bright Engrams, which is how you earn those that cosmetic and the tokens and the silver right. dust. And So if you want that stuff, if you just grind all weekend, which I am taking Janzer away from right now, by the way. Um, yeah, that's you true, you will are. Get, you, no, <laughs> I'd be playing you, right now. That's right. So <laughs> I'm not lying. I would it's be. An, it, it's yeah. an example of a company that kind of stepped into some waters that were a bit fucky, learned their lesson, and pulled back in positive right. ways. Is it perfect? It's still not perfect, but if we compare the two games, Bungie's in a lot better position than DICE is right now in right. terms of the way it's been designed. Um, so I, so Grammaton says, when I had lots of time, I had no money, pay to skip was something I hated probably because it wasn't an option accessible to me. Now that I have money but no time, it is something I understand. And, and I suppose, I mean, if we want to kind of rewind that, well, let's look at DICE themselves, shall we? Battlefield 4, which was a launch title for the PS4, it was out for PC, was also cross-platform for the PS3, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. Um, when it came out initially, you had your standard Battlefield Premium, which got you all the DLC, uh, as far as maps go, and you'd have loot crates that were given to you on a periodic standard. So you got stuff that was still randomized, okay? Very RNG. That's another thing to consider, too. You're not buying direct stuff. But DICE went into this weird place about six months into the life cycle of that game. Now, depending upon who you talk to, it was a very smart and somewhat respectful move of the community. There was a lot of competition at that point in gaming, with good reason. It was a new generation, right? They allowed you to buy entire classes of weapons, carte blanche, for about five bucks a pop. You could have every handgun in the game, every shotgun in the game, and so on and so forth. But it wasn't introduced until well after the game was established. So the people that were buying the game, as it lost market value, could buy mm-hmm. in and save themselves... You know, you don't want to go into... Battlefield's frenetic enough. You know, you get shot across the goddamn map and whatnot, okay? So it gave people a chance to play catch-up. Now, had that been available on day one, it would have been reprehensible and totally fucked up. Um, so I think that one could argue that two, two people buy the, same, the game six months in. One buys all the weapons, one does not. It's a choice you make. Um... That does that person have bought all the weapons have an advantage over the other one? Well, depending upon their skill level and time invested in the game, possibly, yeah, absolutely. Is it a definitive advantage in that case? Not necessarily. However, they are buying weapons in the game. They're not buying modifiers. They're buying actual fucking weapons. Like it's pretty cut, dr- cut and dry at that point. Okay. No real defending that point, but I will say that because they did it well into the life cycle of this game that was at that point receiving price drops. It was a way for them to recoup some lost money. And it was also a way for people that were getting into the game because of the price drop to not feel like they were six months behind. And I think that that is about as balanced as you can make that type of transaction. I still didn't participate in it. Yeah. But I can understand where it came from. Now we fast forward a good four years. Okay, uh, almost four years because we're we're not that far into that life cycle on Battlefront Two, um, and they're putting in an RNG, a random pay 
to win model uh, where you can get modifiers for your character that does give you certain weapons and things like that and action characters, heroes, excuse me, and things like that. So not as overt by any stretch as what they did in Battlefield 4 that no one really had a huge uproar about, uh, as I recall. Not really. Now, I'm not saying they should or should not have, but it didn't happen is my point. It's randomized, and uh, it is something that you have to put a ridiculous amount of money into to get to guarantee you're going to get the stuff. Doesn't make it right. So, but the question becomes like four years ago, they're like, here, have all the weapons for twenty bucks, which is basically what it was. It was like four different packs, or five, four or five different packs at five or four or five dollars a pop. It's around twenty twenty five bucks, and you get every weapon in the game. Period. You wouldn't get all the skins and stuff. There was still a progression system there. So it's kind of reversed. Now, if by our logic of, of cosmetic microtransactions, which I do feel are the way to go, the weapons should have been progression-based only, but you could buy all the cosmetics. That would make sense. Get all the cosmetics of this color for five bucks. That would make sense. But you didn't have that option. You could only get them in the game. Or by buying crates, which were also RNG-based. So... DICE has done this in the past with EA, um, and Dryad makes a good point. You can't purchase personal skill, map knowledge, or knowledge of player behavior, which is true, but the question isn't, what are you doing with the microtransaction? The question is, should it even be there, and how does it affect uh, the game as an art form in a place of integrity? Where, where do we want this to go? You know, right. like, think about going to the movies in the 80s. It was a relatively pure experience, relatively speaking, okay? You went in, you paid, you know, five or six bucks for your ticket, maybe nine at the, at the height of the 80s, okay? Um, well, it was probably closer to six or seven, as I recall. And you'd pay overpriced for soda and all that stuff, but it wasn't anything like it is today. You can't go to the movies now if you want snacks and whatnot for less than 20 bucks. It's insane, right? Um, and they're looking at monetization options where it's almost like a Kickstarter where you buy the, the ticket and they'll guarantee you either a digital copy of the movie or like a Blu-ray or something. So like you take the movie home. Um, and I think that's smart because it's also a way of saying fuck piracy on some level. Um, but now, like today, it's an insane amount of money the, like the 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 price for drinks and stuff is insane, uh, and they're and all the things they're doing to entice people to come to theaters is driving them away by and large. And the concern that a lot of people have, uh, and and it's a fair one, is that we don't want gaming to become the same thing, become this hollow shell of the experience. And uh, Bennett makes a good point that you know five dollars Tuesdays at most Marcus theaters. Um, also, you've got your cheap seats. There, we have a great cheap uh, theater here in town, which I adore. Um, I bought my ticket and as much snacks as I could carry, and I spent less than ten dollars. And I was in a very clean theater with excellent sound and perfect picture quality, comfortable, clean seats, and only three people in the theater. It was beautiful. Um, but at the at the end of the day, like. I, I, I cannot beat this into the ground enough. The concern is that we want to make sure that game development and the gameplay and the way that this art is expressed remains as untouched by raw greed as possible. 
However, we have to understand that financial and monetary economic obligations are going to be there. There's got to be a way to do it. Right now, EA and DICE, the way they're doing it, or at least the way they initially were intending to release Battlefront 2 is not the way to do it. Um, so the question becomes, how do you solve that problem? Yeah. And I realize yeah, we're asking question more questions than answering here, um, but I, I feel like there's been a, a lack of that discussion, especially on the Twitterverse, because people are like, ah! And just like, I kind of well, freaking Twitter out at each other. not a great place to have a discussion in the first place. <laughs> it lends itself to just trying to create impactful statements Mm-hmm. without any kind of like way to back it up in any way shape or form so or people just repeating themselves which actually happens a lot of times anyways it's like you're not actually listening to what i'm saying you're just telling me the exact same thing again and again so this conversation isn't a conversation you know right um like if you're not taking the new data in and absorbing it and modifying what your your data is or even potentially thinking to yourself you know what i may not have the entire picture because I don't talk to these developers directly. I am not a developer. I haven't had that experience directly and I don't know those business models. Um, So maybe there's information other than what I perceive out there that can modify what I'm thinking, you know? That's why I posted up Glassdoor because part of the bigger picture is why are games the price that they are now? People think they're expensive. And honestly, I've, seen you say a couple of times, Jim, that they could be more expensive because of inflation. I've seen other people say, yeah, but you sell a lot more games now, too. And I'm like, that even inflation. Is to a degree. Yeah. yeah, and I was going to say inflation. All of it kind of just evens out. But in reality, budgets are ridiculous at this right. point. Look at the salary for a developer. 60000 to 120000 on average. How yeah. many developers do you have on the team? Go research it. Don't yeah. fucking guess. Go fucking research it. And most games have like an 18-month cycle. So you're talking about, let's say you've got a 40-man team, which is a conservative-sized team. It's pretty conservative. Well, that's what I'm saying. Don't So you multiply that. Yeah, so you just multiply. Gamma Sutra, and they've done done interviews with a variety of different studios saying, this is how many developers we employ for this size of a job. Mm -hmm. This is the cost per month that we make an expectation on. We multiply that by 12. That's where we get our budget based on what we've seen, how many years a, a game of this size will take. That's where we come up with X number, millions, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's the reality. It's not a guess. It's not like, oh, they're just charging whatever they want, you know? So, games so what, more what, I, what I just did, be. the average, according to Glassdoor, is, 90, is 89. I rounded up to 90. Okay. Yeah. So I round this, so this is on average, okay? Yeah. And I, and I multiplied that by 40, which is what I see a lot of dev teams being 40 or up for the bigger games. Uh, yeah, it's a big upon, game. Yeah, yeah. For big games like 40. So, and then I multiplied that by uh, one and a half to account for a year and a half of development, which is still on the low side. Okay. Very little. I'd right. say so three. Th- so this yeah. doesn't account for any of your assets, any of your overhead in terms of utility. This accounts only for the development salary of your developers. That's $5.4 million. Right. Right up front. Now, um, and also bear in mind, too, that there are some people, like like a lot of developers, I would say most game developers, uh, and I say that with a grain of salt because, you know, generalizations are fucky. Uh, They are going to live in cities where the industry is. Seattle, L.A., Chicago, New York, um, 
London, Paris, Montreal, Toronto, the list goes on. And these are cities that are not cheap to live in. So a $90,000 salary in LA is like a $60,000 salary in the Midwest. So they're still making a really good money. Not even going to sugarcoat that, okay? No question. Um, now, is that salary necessarily earned? It depends upon who you talk to, and not, I'm not here to debate that on this episode. Um, however, I did two years in animation, by the way, in school, so I can, I can attest to what the lifestyle is like. It's hell, and that's just going to school. It's hell, and you don't see your friends and family. You skip things because what you know is important is the work. Because the deadline is so crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I decided to not continue with it after two years. I did well, but I was not seeing my girlfriend at the time very much at all. You know, I didn't, I don't even know if I had a relationship anymore. <laughs> I probably didn't. Uh, I, you know, I wasn't seeing, I was skipping like birthdays and all that kind of stuff. I was skipping holiday stuff if I could. Why? Because mm -hmm. the work was important and it requires a lot of time. It just does. If you give a shit, if you don't give a shit, then it doesn't require time. But right. yeah. So like, yeah, it's 5.4 million um, just for the cost of, of the developers of that team on average. Okay, it can go a little bit lower, it can go a bit higher. I have a feeling it would even out. That's what an average is in the first place. Now add in cost of electricity, internet, uh, software licensing, which is a fun thing to deal with now. Adobe, you can fuck right off. Um, and, and then you add in the cost of, of printing physical copies, which are still a thing. Uh, promotional materials like your statues and statuettes, posters. Um, the actual marketing end of things, which is insane how much they yes. you know, spend for marketing. Yep. So the yep. cost of, of the games are definitely up there. Then add in the fact that the, these games are expected to be games as a service, which is the trend, you know, Destiny. It is. And Software as a service is a fucking pain in the ass. But it, it, makes an, it makes an actual... Look, as a developer, I'll tell you, one-hit projects, they don't, make, they don't sustain me throughout, mm -mm, the, throughout mm -mm. the fucking year. I have to have a client on retainer for... I have to have more... I don't have one. I'm like, fuck right. that. I need multiple clients on retainer that are going to pay my bills for the month, mm -hmm. you know? That's why I need something like um, like email marketing. I never give a shit about marketing. I right. I hate marketing, and but I had to get into email marketing because it is an ongoing process that is that is needed. I yep. could develop a site, and I might be done with it for a while, for a long while, unless they have a specific thing like maybe a store that they want me to maintain right. or whatever it is, you know. And that's what I did um, at the tail end of when I first started thatrule.com. Uh, it became clear that I it was not there was no matter how much I pushed monetization of a website and that kind of content at that time was nigh impossible. Um, it just wasn't making anything. It was losing money hand over fist. So I had to take on web development uh, projects, and as well as they pay, they pay one time and that's it. Uh, especially for what I specialize in, which was website conversion. I told you about my my nightmare project with the Magento site with the with the custom uh, HTM. <sighs> it was awful, but it, you know, it paid for my rent for a couple months and it paid for my PS4 and my Vita and kind of started, honestly, that was the investment that started this whole thing. So yeah, that whole market right now is I could go on about it and I'm right, not going it, it's to, a, it's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> and, and I want to address this before we get too far off the, the, the yeah. thing and, and Bennett makes an excellent point and I'm right there with him in that he'd be all about increasing the price of games if he had any faith in the path of the gaming industry, but we consistently have companies like EA and Ubisoft. A turnout shitty project, either model-wise 
or quality wise, respectively. Um, but the way you get returning clients is by consistent chunk quality work, chunk garbage work. You need to get more people. Does it sound familiar? Yes, absolutely. Um, it sounds familiar, and and it's an idealist thing. And and I'm and not trying to be and rude it's, here. And that's not a but, it's not a soapbox that you shouldn't be standing yeah. on. But it's a relative thing. Um, it's a relative idea of what should work, but it's not the guarantee of the of the world. It doesn't. Things you would think that if you do the right thing and you work hard, you will get those results. That is not fucking true. Hellblade. It is not true. Look at streamers. Jim, how how passionate are you about streaming? I fucking hate it. <laughs> You're so passionate <laughs> about it. You just push through technical issues, having people there or not, having people verbally give you shit, having people not understanding in your chat and like bothering you while you're streaming, you know, you push through a lot of issues, you know, a lot for years, right? To get it done. Does that equate success necessarily? No, it doesn't always not, not financially. No. Right now, right. granted, um, what it does afford me. And, and I think, you know, I, I am mildly uncomfortable comparing myself to this issue, but I will run with it. Uh, because it's, yeah, I'm just it's, trying it's, to bring it back to people right. so they can understand so, it, you know, it, it, ideals it are one thing, but reality it, is another. Right. Yeah. What it affords me is the fact that I can look myself in the mirror every day and say, okay, I'm doing this the way that I want to do it. And, you know, my community, and we had an, an issue this week where this point was brought to the forefront, which was, this is the way we do things. We want to include as many people as we can. And we want to respect all of those people at the same time as much as we possibly can but still let that freak flag fly and have a good time. If you are on board, you are welcome. Stick around. All we ask is that you respect other people, and this is the way we expect that. It's all laid out in black and white, and we have a good rapport with people. But if you don't want that, there's the fucking door. And and that's... Again, it's kind of... Um, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy in some ways because you are limiting yourself. Uh, because there are certain things that aren't welcome in, in these here parts. Um, not a lot, but at the same time, like when you stack that strong ideal on top of the fact that I will not just shill any old fucking game on my show, um, and I like what I like, um, it, you know, you limit your, your, your potential client base when you're a streamer, right? Uh, what so game would you not shill? What game would I not put out there? Uh, there's a lot of them. Um, Minecraft. <laughs> I was well, gonna say PUBG. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Like, uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be fucking dead honest with you. The only reason I won't play PUBG on stream is because it has the quality control of a chimpanzee after a lobotomy on PCP. I, I um, would never put a dollar to a product that's not finished. And that's what a lot of I, people have decided. See, this is that behavior that we're talking about. Sure. If people cannot control themselves with microtransactions, they're not going to control themselves in any other type of way. Gaming culture has a tendency to be extremely immature and lacking perspective because they focus on one thing and they can't take into account a lot of other little things that are actually tied to it. So, so like, yeah, you're talking about early access, which is, again, it's a different conversation, but it's a similar one. Oh, because, yeah, yeah. Because I would argue that early access is the biggest microtransaction out there. Look at mm. the shit that ARK was dealing with a few months ago. Um, ARK, I would argue... They had so was, many issues in the last year. 
What, what's but, this one? What's but, this one? Right. This one particular one is, is around launch and how people were like concerned about having to like rebuy the game. It's like, motherfucker, you were funding development and you knew that when you signed the dotted line. Right. That's what yeah. that was. You yeah. were never guaranteed. Early access, folks, never guarantees you'll get a full copy of the full game when it's done. Never. Yeah. Both Most sides of the time, time it is does. fucked up. Right. Like so the developers it, have done right. some shit, shitty things. Absolutely. Some, have, have, some have done yeah. some horrible things. Some have done some great things. I yeah. think it's done more good than harm in terms of growing the developer base. Okay. Uh, it also helps bring people into the development process, which helps them understand how things work a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I want to be real clear about this because I'm not taking a high horse across the board. Yeah. I would Thank totally you. stream PUBG. If I could get it to work without having massive frame drop on this computer I have that's worth more than my car. And so what game sad. would you not shill? <laughs> what game would I not shill? Um, let me, the, okay, there are a lot of streamers out there that will take every new game that comes out and stream it for a few days to get a boost in their numbers. Good. I cannot and will not do that. I actually wait until the okay. games are not popular. So like Cuphead, I won't. Cuphead. We'll do it. Okay. I just, you mentioned yeah. Minecraft. Minecraft, right? Minecraft, okay. yeah. So let's say your bills for a month are $1,000. That's probably not true. Okay. No, We're just going to use yeah. that. But right. Sure, We're just going to use that, that, right? Yeah. Because right. it's a nice round number. Mm -hmm. So $1,000, and you're struggling to make that meet through donations, through subscribers, you know, mm -hmm. actually paying for the four ninety, whatever it is, 25 bucks if they do a month, if they're sure. amazing, um, through bits, because bits are pretty, pretty fucking useful to streamers, you know? Yep. I was helped throughout this year twice once paid through youtube and once through on my birthday fucking people bombed me with bits and money which uh, it helped uh, pay a bill yeah you know it helped pay a bill yeah. um dude it, i cannot times. cannot downplay that ass. enough community support is fucking life in this industry man but let's say your bills are a thousand dollars and someone from you know microsoft comes up because they own minecraft uh, minecraft right. now from where right, i'm right, aware right. of Xbox, maybe Xbox, right? Because yep. you do Xbox stuff too. So you do, you mm -hmm. know, your console base, yeah. you know, and they're like, what okay, would you, would you do a one day a week? Um, this is what they're saying to you. One day a week, we do like uh, just a, an hour Minecraft uh, stream. Um, does that sound like something that you would participate in? We'd be willing to compensate you for that. And this is the point Jan just trying let's, to make. Let's start because, here. I'm going to, I'm going to help because you the through first, this. The, the first thing that I would say is I'm not interested, but I am curious okay, as to enough. how much you're willing to pay. Well, that that's fine. That's n that's not a problem. Um, we do understand that not everyone um, enjoys every single game out there. That's a, that's totally great. But we've we've had a chance to actually have a few people watch your stream throughout the week, and we we kind of find that even though there is the majority that might be out there looking for a, a, a specific perspective, we would like to capture that other side of the audience that we don't normally get a chance to talk to and communicate with to show them that there are ways that you can enjoy this game that aren't necessarily the, you know, um, for lack of a better way to put it, but the childlike ways or maybe the more fancifully funny ways or whatever that people might do it. Maybe there's another Microsoft trying there. to say I'm a raunchy motherfucker. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Look, but they're going to do it in a way in that goes around. Yeah, we want to see that pussy pop in Minecraft. And we didn't know who else to go to. We didn't know who else to talk to. <laughs> we figure we'll grab you, bro. We've seen your community nights, bro. So, 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 yeah, okay, yeah, we understand that we, we need, you know, people need to be compensated for their time and all that sure. stuff. Blah 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 blah. So, um, we'll put a number down here. Let's just say we could cover you for, um, you do it. Let's see, four times. Uh, okay, about two thousand a month. 
would that sound like something that would be able to um, help you out? And, you know, let's say we do like a three month contract on that so we can find out at that point if it's something that you actually want to, con you know, continue doing. So what this contract is, is being proposed for those of you that may or may not be following. He's theorizing that Microsoft would come in and pay me $2,000 a month, which in reality, right. by the way, those are my bills for the month. About $500 right. a stream and, is what we're coming right. down to. And it's an hour Chunky a week for, them. for a year. Minimum an hour. Yeah. Min minimum an hour. But the thing yeah. is, that's spoilers, all if ask. that's what I'm contracted for, I'll be like a minute, an hour and one minute every week. Cause fuck that game. Okay. But for two grand a month, it'd be really difficult for me to turn that down. Despite right. the fact that my, my rules state there are certain games I won't do, but I would like, I would do that. Now, is that right. a realistic offer? No. But if it happened, it could be. like, right, yeah. So I would stream it at an hour that I know that no one's going to do, want to watch me. So, like, I'd get up, or I would, I would put myself through some realistic hardship to avoid the, in, the integral hit. So I'd play it at, like, 6 a.m. I wouldn't tweet it out. <laughs> and I would just be like, I would just play it. Regardless. Right. So, but the, the, people it makes complain you about so, the so, idea of selling out. Right. You know, so, so when you're really so, young... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'll, well, I'll go well, on with you. I know the point you're making. Let's flip yeah. it before you make the point. Sure. All right? Sure. You're Dice. I'm EA. Yep. It's four years ago. Guys, we love what you're doing with the Battlefield franchise. Um, I think that we've got a really good rhythm here. Um, that I, I don't think that anyone can really surpass you when it comes to... Uh, the graphical fidelity, good relationship with your audience uh, overall, and this idea that the gameplay comes first. Uh, we'd like to see that move forward. As you know, we just recently acquired the license from Disney to do Star Wars games. There is a game in the LucasArts stable called Battlefront, which we think you are the developer to bring it back. We would want to give you creative control on the gameplay. There are some concerns about how to keep the game going financially. Uh, we would maintain control over that, but you would be given carte blanche and a very large blank check to make the game. Are you interested? Yeah, and no, no developer would turn that down unless they are crazy. Because the person that Disney, that's money. Yeah, <laughs> you and, know that's and, money. You're yeah. going to be paying a lot of people's fucking salaries for a while. Yeah, and, and um, the thing is, you would when, not when, turn it down. And, and look at Dice at that point. It's like you know you have to be asking yourself the question: How long can Battlefield survive as it is? You know, that's always the question. And um, so at that point, when you've done four, five, six Battlefields, and you see that market kind of getting not going downhill but uh, there was at that point there was this specter that destiny was about to come out and there was this assumption at the time that bungie was gonna once again dominate the uh the genre which arguably they have in some ways uh call of duty has kind of risen again with with blops three and you know as far as mainstream you know consumer hook okay so at that moment Someone says, here's your dream project. And this also addresses your business concerns at the same time. Um, so face value, of course, you're going to take it. Now, does that 
Does that justify this end result? Um, we're not saying it does, but you have to look at the perspective uh, from chat here. Dryad says, I'd never stream Minecraft if no one's around. Really, I will help me endure it fair. And, and Bennett goes, I feel like this is a nightmare realization of that Bill Hicks marketing bit. Yeah, uh, you're, not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Hmm? I don't know that bit. Hmm? I don't really know uh, Bill Hicks the, stuff. Yeah. Bill, you would you would love you and Bill. I Hicks. know about him, and I've heard so much from if, comics if there was, about him. If there him, was a man on earth that him. you would date, it'd be Bill Hicks. I'm just gonna throw that out. Ha, there. Ha, ha. Like not well. Yeah, I know he's beloved. I do. He's a good guy. Uh, basically, his his thing is that marketing at its core is a soulless industry. That marketing is the embodiment of Satan. Uh, and he's well, not joking. And he's without he, the Satan joking, part, he's not joking. I would agree. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's why I hate it. But at the same time, like I said, even myself understood I needed to get into what was needed. And for my industry, what's needed is marketing. Why? I'm not dictating that. You know who dictates that? The customers, the clients. Yeah. They're the ones with the need. And they're telling me that, you know, what, what dictates price? Going back to games, pricing and all that. We don't have to keep going super down that road, but that's what dictates price, a perceived value. Yeah. What's the perceived value for a high-tech job like what I've done? The years of, of work that I, I, I did in school to learn graphic design, the years that I learned coding, perceived value for a website right now, I'll pay you 50 bucks to make a WordPress site. And if you think that I'm fucking lying, I will send you quote after quote response and, from people. Spoilers to, those of you, spoilers to those of you that don't do that for a living, that's like saying... Take your hourly wage and then say, I'll give that to you every two weeks for your job. It's basically yeah. what it is. Um, Are there easy ways to do, to um, push sure. out a WordPress site? Absolutely. Yeah. But the, guess the, what? It took time. You're not paying for me for the difficult, for the perceived difficulty of what you think is easy for me. You're paying me for the fact that I know how to make it easy. Right. I've, I put in the time and the effort to make it easy because it's like that old saying of like, there was a manufacturing company that had a breakdown of one machine that no, none of the new mechanics knew how to fix. Mm -hmm. They brought in a guy that had worked for the industry for 60 years and that with that one specific thing, he looked at it. He's like, you just gotta, you just gotta replace this one thing right here. And they're like, oh, okay, what's the bill? $10,000. But you just looked at it for like 15 minutes or less. Like, yeah, but none of you would have figured it out. You're not paying me for how easy it is. You're paying me for what I know and the fact that I can get it done. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, with gaming, with gaming, the perception is what? What's the cost of a game? You know, why should I pay a hundred bucks? Look at what people expect out of video games today. They expect a video game to to keep them entertained for not days, not weeks, not months, as long as they feel it should. Question from Chad is, is, is quality or quantity? The gaming community would say both in spades. They want top quality for as long as possible. They it's want a big market. A, they want a three-year gaming cycle at top quality with shit to play all the time. They expect that. And when they don't get it, they take to your Reddits, your Twitters, and everything in between. Then you it's add a big to market. that, and then let's say that the game is flawless in terms of gameplay right. uh, and is has integrity. But if you run out of content, people bring up the pitchforks. Um, right. And again, it, is it an unreasonable expectation? Yes and no. Um, you know, uh, people vilify Luke Smith from Bungie, for example, for good and bad reasons. Uh, and the fact is that Destiny, I'll use it as an example because I've got 
you know, almost four years of, of looking at that. And Warframe 2. Um, yes. doesn't matter how quickly you put out content. There is no way to please everyone with the speed. There's always someone who's going to play it faster than you can make it. Yeah, I mean, there are things... Extra if you don't agree with it, right. So, like, it, 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 it's, 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 I really don't think that anyone on either side of this argument disagrees that developers and publishers need to get paid to keep these kinds of things going. The question right. is, how do you go about it in a way that doesn't compromise the artistic vision, yes. gives people what they want, and is reasonable? It's reasonable. Um, so, and Bennett has, Point Blank has it here. He says, sure, have extra revenue streams. Do it without promoting gambling. Take advantage of your audience. Absolutely fair. Yeah. And we're not here to say, here's how you do it. I don't know how you do it, necessarily. I have ideas. I have concerns. I have theories. Uh, but I, I am by no means uh, an expert here. And I don't think Janja's putting himself out there as a, as a necessary expert on the gaming side of it either. Um, nope. it, it's just a matter of I, the reason we're having this, this conversation in the first place is that I think that there's a lot of black and white, I'm right, you're wrong, all or yeah. nothing mentality going on with these types of discussions, not just this one. We're using this one thing to make a bigger point. Correct. Uh, at least I hope so. <laughs> there's a lot of pieces to it. Yeah. There's just a lot of pieces to it. And without taking into account those things, you look like an overzealous nutbag. Not to be mean, but you you know, it's like, ah, that's what you look like. It's like, all right, all right, calm down. I can't actually talk to you when you're well, yelling. Let, let's loud. separate that though, because there's there's yeah. what a nutbag sounds like and there's what gargling nutbag sound like. And I think you kind of combine those for uh, a second. <laughs> so that's not fair. It's not yeah. fair because it's not fair to because, because there are people because you have nutbags out there and then you have people who do who who gargle those nutbags. It's like hey, it's right, and <laughs> don't do any don't do any research. They don't think for themselves. Now, I don't think anyone having this discussion here, for, especially okay, people that in our community, I don't think anyone falls into that nutbag territory. I really don't. Um, no, I, I don't uh, recall. But there are people out there that definitely that are that are just. I wouldn't even call them SJWs or some bullshit like that. I would simply say that they're a bit too full of their own thoughts, and they're, they're like all this, like it, it, you know, um, they're making points to, to hear themselves talk. You know, okay, you're talking about me. I get it. I, no, I see not. where this is going. Oh, no, I see where not. this is going. No, you're just calling me out. Is this no. what it is? An intervention? No, no, no. there's all a right, term for enough. people like you. You, you got me. You there's got a me. Term for people like you. It's Janzers. <laughs> they're, 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 that's a whole genre of human beings, sir. <laughs> oh, look at that group of janzers over there. Fucking, you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, but I, back on point. Yeah, back on yeah, point. Yeah, so, uh, uh, Dryad, are casinos taking advantage of people? Probably systems can be game. Yes. I mean, uh, um, casinos, uh, that's, that's the thing, though, is that casinos are casinos. Like, that's what they do. They are houses of gambling, right? Now, when I go to a movie, okay, I'm not throwing, I mean, I guess well, this is a bad analogy. I'm throwing down my nine bucks or whatever for the ticket, hoping the movie will be good. So I guess it's a kind of gambling, I guess. But like, my point was that when you go to a casino, you expect gambling, as I said. Um, you expect a certain degree of 
that practice to be there. That's what it is about, right? Um, however, when I go into a video game, I don't expect that at all. Um, I, well, eh, not at all, but that's not what I'm going there for, right? So going from chat, I'm going to the catch up since we have time here. Uh, more like, rah, 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 rah. absolutely. Um, are options are a good thing? Either the option is more harmful than helpful. Um, you know, you know, it goes back to the whole thing. You can't necessarily um, have bad without good and good without bad. You know, how are you going to know? Um, and I, I think that with human nature, you're not necessarily going to um, ever have it to where everything's good because then it's going to be a question of degree and then things become bad because things are less good. I mean, it's fucking weird. Um, you guys can go to a gas station person scratch up tickets? Yeah, you know, but the thing is, like, you are given that choice. If you go to a gas station in order to get gas, you're not, like, you're not, you have to put in an extra amount of money into the gas pump to get, to gamble on if you're getting the right octane for your vehicle, okay? Um, you don't pay an extra X amount to have gas that will keep your engine running better than the other guy. Not really. I mean, you have to put the right octane gas in your car to have it working. But uh, you pay five bucks, you may or may not get five gallons. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, you know, it's in this weird place. Yeah, their they're 26 servers are unavailable due to temporary outage. So I'm just going to watch the servers pop back up, and I'll restart the call for you guys. Uh, yeah, I think it's current state grand important for gamers to direct the business based on their wallet. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's really kind of like the over, like the, the catalyst of this discussion in the first place, which is how do you do that? How do you vote with your wallet and benefit both sides of the argument as much as you possibly can? Uh, and the question becomes, can you? Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting damn question that I'm, I'm grateful to be given the opportunity to, to ask and explore with you guys. Servers are all dead, and I can't voice call my two cents. Uh, Dryad says to Bennett, Ultimately, I agree. It's good to end up with an opinion that one believes is better. However, it's important to explore both sides in order to help cement bolster your viewpoint regardless of your end point. Um, now, the thing is, to be fair, Bennett's not over here saying don't explore both sides. He's not saying that. Um, I think he's saying... Don't support both sides. Big difference there. Very big difference. You can understand your enemy, quote unquote, okay, um, without supporting the argument. So you can understand um, what's going on without supporting it. But I, but it's important to make that distinction. You're absolutely right. So it, you know, to me, this really came from this place where there was there has been an assertion that if you buy the game, you're supporting the practice. I disagree, um, to reiterate what we said before. You buy the game, you're supporting the game. If you support the microtransactions, you're supporting the microtransactions. Because like Jandra uh, was saying before, there is this... They can see all the metrics. They can see what's making money and what isn't. If they see that out of the millions of copies sold of the game, less than 1% or less than 10% or whatever percentage... Um, of the people who are participating in the microtransactions, uh, which is, let's say, lower than what they expected and is making them less money than they needed to, um, they know that there's a, a way to do that. Um, 
important distinction. Like you can support another human being without endorsing their behavior. For example, treating a dying gang member for a gunshot without supporting gang activity. Sure. Um, yeah, I would. I think prior to the podcast, I was thinking about that, and I was like, "Anyone ever been to a concert before?" Now, if you don't smoke weed, guess what? It happens at concerts. Yeah, that's true. Go to a concert and not necessarily, or better yet, part of the business model of going to a concert, merchandise. Maybe you want to support the band. <laughs> merchandising, merchandising. There are yeah. microtransaction t-shirts, right? <laughs> uh, what about, okay, here, uh, here, here's the part where... Uh, concert, guess what? It's okay. You could right. still go to the concert without supporting their microtransaction to alcohol. And and here's the thing though too is that um, as Thank someone you. who was a full time musician for many years, uh, I have I have something to say. Um, you buy the record, guess what? I don't see a fucking dime from that. That's my gas money at best. Uh, if we're selling it on the road, if you buy it from the record label, all you're doing is repaying the record label for the money they fronted to put out the record. If you buy a shirt or merchandise from us at the show, that supports us directly, which is, again, the microtransaction, like he's saying, like the, the way in which you, um, well, if you're showing me support, I absolutely assume your face is lovable because you're showing me support. Like, I don't care if you got a big wart in the middle of your head. I mean, you're a frog. I get it, you know, but CIA totally confirmed. But, yes, sir, close. But yeah, so like every industry has a version of this, right? Um, yeah, you're an intelligence, <laughs> not exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, wait, where's the thing where it's it's muting you as you doing this weird thing where it? Uh, I don't like it. Basically, if I start talking, your voice goes down. I fucking hate that. Um, but that's a thing with Google Hangouts, I guess. So, whatever. Um, I, every industry has this, right? Every industry has. It's version of buy the product, but buy other stuff too. You know, um, would you like fries with that? Can I suggest this wine, etc.? Now, again, not using this to justify anything, but to simply say that this is not, you know, at what point is it too much? And I definitely think it's too much when you start promoting behavior in, in people that is you know, dangerous. Like, you know, I, and I think that's a, a an underlying thing. A lot of people, we started off the podcast definitely talking about the fact that people were like, you know, pitchforks and torches and they were all up in arms and they were standing on principle. And what principle were they standing up on? They were standing on the, the game integrity, right? But when you really flat out say this is promoting gambling and children play these games, then you get into a different thing. Because now we're talking about addictive behavior on a level more than games actually by themselves promote, which is already debatable, right? right. Um, yeah. So when we talk about that, that's something you, you don't... I, I have a kid. I don't want her to fucking be addicted to gambling in any form. It, it's a horrible, you know, crushing thing to, to have to deal with. So it's... Um, yeah, I'm for her heroin instead. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Look, I said that one time. Someone was like, "Look, I live in a city where heroin's the number one killer." I was like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm not a comedian. I'm not." So right, yeah. but you are though. You make me laugh. You just made me laugh. You're an amateur comedian. Yeah. It doesn't matter. People are gonna <laughs> crucify. I, I, anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, I, I quote Christopher Plummer in Star Trek Six. It appears you have a singular wit, Doctor. 
So, you know, so sorry, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek lately. All right, you fucking eat, eat a dick if you don't like it. Um, Mutant says, I swear you can get a gambling warning on games. Uh, no, uh, all right, Mutant, let me tell you a story about parental advisory explicit content. Those are stickers that don't mean a fucking thing. The same thing with like vulgarity and, and the ESRB. The ESRB is a guideline, uh, and certainly uh, that you could add in a separate distinction in the ESRB that says this game does have loot gambling in it, uh, microtransactions included. Simply warning people of it is not going to stop them from doing it. Look at Grand Theft Auto. People buy that for their kids and don't give a fuck about the sticker. It's not going to solve the problem. The problem isn't warning people about it. They know it's there. They don't give a fuck. They do it anyway. Um, what we're saying is you should, if you're aware, if you're woke, as the kids would say, uh, don't participate in the gambling. Hit them in the pocket. Um, and Bennett's saying take it a step further and just don't buy the game at all, which... I don't think you have to go down that road, but it, it does. It sends a similar message. Absolutely. They still make less money. You know, it's the same thing. Uh, arguments I've made recently about other stuff. So, right. The labels increase sales. You're absolutely right. So it's this idea that, you, you know, um, you know, ultimately you have to prevent the practice as much as you possibly can. You cannot put the responsibility in the consumer's hands to curb their own behavior. That's irresponsible. If you are creating a product that is potentially dangerous, it, the onus is on you to lessen the danger. You know, and we, you could say this about any number of products, and I'm not going to name names because that'll spark a fucking debate of epic proportions. Um, you know, um, <laughs> say fucking we give you nutritional information on food. I'd argue that the existence of a label like that is the industry's way of saying, hey, we fucking told you it was bad for you. If you didn't listen, that's on fucking you. It's absolving the industry of responsibility. Correct. And that's not, it's not what we're talking about today at all. I think the industry has a responsibility to monetize with some degree of respect for the audience. And that the audience has a lesser but similar responsibility to understand that you can't get everything for free either. You know, you have to, in some way, participate in keeping the industry going. But you're, you don't have to do it through these means, because these are not good things. This gambling perpetuation is not good. Okay. Um, and even the cosmetic microtransactions encourage that as well. Um, yeah. Depending upon, because if it's something, something you're really into, like shaders in Destiny 2, if you really like certain shaders... People will plunk down some money just to get even the silver dust to buy the shader of the week if they don't have any. Hey, you know. legit, seriously, yeah. not even making a joke. One of the reasons I don't play ESO as much as, uh, or what one of the reasons I quit playing it, you can't just get your shaders in a normal way. You have to earn them through in-game challenges. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Fuck you! I want my colors to be pretty. Right. I need to." Pretty princess. Why can't I acquire them in another way? Can I not possibly pay for them? Oh, Janzer, you're such a pretty princess to me, though. I will talk about the shit that I smear all over my face and not try to be like some non-hypocritical right. 
hypocritical. I know when I'm I'm being hypocritical. I'm like, I don't want to support this, but I will support, support this colors for my elven short tank mage, whatever the fuck she was. Elven short about. tank mage. You're here to hear first, folks. Huge chest, though, by the way. Huge. Just <laughs> massive. Just, yeah. Hashtag tits for days. I mean tits slider max. Absolutely. <laughs> tits slider max. That's correct. Yeah. That's an actual <laughs> street term. <laughs> it's fair. Fair. Uh, yeah, it's um, true. She is horny too. That's true. Graham knows the character. Yeah. Literally yeah. Have yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no. Thick. Fucking right, man. So, like, um, you know, ultimately, you know, I, I say that word like 90 times a podcast, by the way. So just get used to it. All right. Um, or at the end of the day, or the human brain, it's all, it's all memes at this point, all right? And I, I accept that about myself. Um, it, it, in summary, there you go, there you go. Um, it, we, we talk about these things that have the potential to keep the industry going, but also have the potential to kill the industry in the long term. Um, how do you go about it in a way that enables the industry, protects the gamer, protects the experience, you know, and that's something that um, we don't necessarily have the answer for. The closest answer we have now that most people I have seen can technically agree on most of the time is cosmetics are okay because they're not affecting gameplay. And whether or not you believe that that is a good practice to have, it is the least damaging because it is still gambling. Yep. It is still uh, promoting putting more money into a game you've already paid for, which, of course, is the, the big concern. Um, Let's clarify. It's gambling if you're not getting exactly what you're paying for. If you want a shader in Destiny 2, you're going to get that shader, I think, right? That's all. They sell like three at a time. Right. Um, you can like, if you have silver dust. Shader. Oh, that's right. You get Ingram. That's right. You can buy a, a bright Ingram, right? Yep. And just whatever's inside of it. Oh. See, so I don't for, do well, I wouldn't know because I don't I don't support that practice. Ah. Right. So with, with the with the bright Ingram, you get it through gameplay. You get it. Um and then when you break down stuff from it, you get silver dust, which is still free if you don't pay for it. And some bright engrams where you can give you like large amounts of it, or you break it down and get it, and you can buy them definitively that way. But you but there's the cost of time. Your shader may not be available for a month at a time. So you'll see people like me like jamming five thousand silver dust into a shader to make sure I have enough. Um, hmm. <laughs> what was that? I said just jam it in there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just like, just. Uh, All right. Right. I've given up. After the call broke, I'm I'm not helpful. I'm sorry. Okay. Fine. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Love having this man on. Although I don't love having you on on Hangouts because it keeps muting you because we talk over each other so goddamn much. I don't need to be heard, honestly. Yeah, shut good. up. Yes, you do. Shut up. <laughs> Hangouts knows what's best. Google knows what's best. Oh, that's a different podcast. Uh, join us next week. We talk about, you know, fucking... They're watching us, right? They're like, look at these fucking idiots. What are they doing? On the contrary, chat would, would beg to say that they're having fun. We have a 10 out of 10 rating already from a frog. Oh, sweet. I believe in the frog. So, you know, the thing. So, you know. Um, but, it, you know, so you could argue degree all day long with it. Um, 
Oh shit, he went eleven out of Oh an IGN. Put the IGN stamp on it. That's no. it. My career just shot up, dude. How does All it right. feel to have made it? How does it feel? You just made it. I mean, until I'm getting that two grand a month from Microsoft for Minecraft, I ain't fucking Oh yeah. Jesus Christ, I'd love that. Dude, I'd fucking Minecraft all day. I love it. First, I played Minecraft before it was Minecraft. Wait, that's not true. Shut up. I'm not going to talk about the history of it because it was a stolen idea. Anyways. <laughs> minor? What? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, what? And, and it, you know. So, like, um, so from chat, Count Chalka says, we don't need a nanny state for video games. Let people spend the money where they want. Now, you're talking about a completely free, free uh, market, which, to a point, you know, so, all right, all right, we're going we're gonna to bring up the analogy we brought up before, because that's, I'm going to go straight there. If we had a completely free market in our society, you would be able to go down the street and buy heroin. Yeah, absolutely. That, that full legalization of fucking everything, um, except murder, arguably, but that's not the point. Um, but if you can... Drink it, shoot it, fuck it, eat it. It's legal, and you can buy whatever you want. Um, am I saying that you know society would go down into this toilet bowl and get flushed? No. Probably yes. I I, I don't know that it, right. Possibly. I mean, look um, at history. Look, look at history. We don't have to guess. We don't have to guess. Just look at history. Yes, we would fuck shit up. Counts. I, I had him. For anybody in chat that doesn't know, count was with me on B3 Gaming Cast. We did shitloads of episodes. If you like his mentality of thinking, he is going to give you that mentality of thinking. And um, he's always for, like, everything's open. He is definitely a provocateur, as sure. one thing now. But I don't agree with it. It's No, you got to have some restrictions. you got to. You have to. And, and so, if, so, like, if you talk about restrictions, we, we talk about, like, Sometimes that doesn't mean that as a society you impose the restriction. I think it's a matter of also personal and corporate responsibility. Like you have to, I'm not saying you shouldn't regulate it. I'm saying I would prefer that human nature were such, spoilers it isn't, but I prefer that it was such that you could trust people to operate in a way that was of integrity that would not put people in danger for a fast buck. That doesn't happen, and people have to take responsibility for their um, their actions. Yes, but the thing is, um, I've been saying this for over twenty years, easily. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, oh yeah. And some people are too fucking stupid not to make the decision not to. So we Just have to. Your dick in a blender doesn't mean you should. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Some people should put their dick in a blender, though. I mean, there's a population problem, man. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Right. <laughs> Kermit's like, be right back, putting my dick in a blender. Five minutes. Yeah. If we're just talking to chat, too, then yeah, Count, you're right. Using extremes isn't a good way to argue policy, but we're right. in the current society where extremes is like how people state things. And so that's why when I see something like on Twitter, that is an extreme or an overzealous kind of like comment. I have to make a little bit of like, let's bring it back a bit. Things need balance. They need balance. You know, that's all. Yep. Yeah. Will it play? So, you know, when we talk about balance, like, because again, 
those of you that weren't here at the beginning of the podcast, this entire subject, the idea for it came from two extremes on a viewpoint, arguably, um, or at least witnessing that and wanting to have a larger con- uh, you know, conversation about that. Yeah. So it can at least spark the conversation. Now, whether or not it's because we're not in charge of the gaming industry, so we're not making policy here. We're trying to provoke conversation and thought. Simple as that. Um, and we're obviously doing that. It's working. So yeah, it's true. You know, because here's the thing. Because big picture. Johnny come lately, 15-year-old kid down the street, buys uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 in a world where EA did not stop the microtransaction or change them in any way, okay? Spends the estimated $8,000 to get everything in the game, which I think is a high estimate. A porn star if he's coming lately all the time. Right. That's still, yeah. yeah. Right. Let's say he spends $8,000 of his parents' money, just as an example, or his own if he has a job at the age of 15, okay? Um possibility his whole family goes homeless because of that now that becomes another problem for society all on its own and there is uh currently a a certain uh uh, assistance programs that exist like welfare food stamps and so forth that can help them that i'm going to take a wild guess that count chocolate may or may not be into as an individual um so your free market is putting people out in the street that the way things are now, your taxpayer dollars are now supporting. So yeah, that's fine. Let's just have them spend all this money on these loot boxes because now it's your now it becomes your responsibility as a societal a member of of society. Is that does that make you feel better? I kind of doubt that it would. So you can't have it both ways. As much as you may want it to be, you can't do it. Um, I'd like to state that if you pay enough, you actually can. Just, all right. <laughs> Here's a price tag on fucking everything, bro. That's, that's true. I mean, we did establish that I would play Minecraft for four hours a month for $2,000. I, I did say that. It's true. So. Things have a price. So, like... Uh, and again, I'm not saying that to call anybody out or like or or or, or make any negative remarks to, to people as individuals. It's to illustrate a point that when you say free enterprise, free market, or let's do, let people make their own decisions, it doesn't always just affect those people as much as we may want to think that, uh, because um, people feed off of one another for better and for worse. Society grows together. Have you ever seen a, like a footage of a large arena concert where a crowd moves as one? I guarantee you over half those people weren't intending to move in those directions at that time. It just kind of happens. Uh, and, and society as a whole operates much in the same way where m- whether you like it or not, the majority tends to kind of push things in one direction or another, whether we're talking about gaming or, or politics or whatever. And we're not talking politics right now. But the, the, it's a reality one has to consider. You, you can't make these points based off of how it should be, necessarily. You need to at least start with what is, and the perspective of what is, to say, okay, now how do we get this in a place um, somewhere else? It, 
Bennett, is that my point is buy your chicken sandwich somewhere else? Uh, he's making a point of something I said in my personal Facebook page, and he's absolutely right. Um, because, you know, if you don't want to support that chicken sandwich company, you don't buy that chicken sandwich. You buy That's another mine. chicken sandwich. I stand by that, yeah. Yeah. And to me, it's like, I want to support Dice. I don't want to directly support EA's practice of microtransactions. So for me, the way where I draw my line are all those microtransactions. And some people were like, no, I'm not even fucking buying the game. And that's valid. But there's similar viewpoints from different, uh, with, with different implications to the industry. For the sake of those of you listening to the podcast on SoundCloud or watching on YouTube, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Uh, I want to thank Janter for his time and for everyone participating and bringing up good points and, and enriching uh, the conversation. So, Janzer, I thank you, my friend. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it. So, that's what's in Grideshead this week. We'll see you next time. Love you all. Cheers.